This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. As we were just discussing, doctors are alarmed about an increase in advanced cancers as a result of less screening and fewer surgical procedures in the midst of the pandemic. And while hospitals have started to clear the backlog, the question is, are we just headed into another one? maybe even a worse one. Uh, what are the numbers telling us? We have 841 new cases today. That is thankfully a drop from the weekend where we had a record-setting number over a 1,000 cases. What's the trend telling us, though? Let's bring in Dr. Timothy Sly. He's an epidemiologist at the School of Occupational and Public Health at Ryerson University. Dr. Sly, hi. Thanks for being with us. Uh, It's my pleasure, Libby. How are you? Fine. So what is the trend telling us? Well, first of all, don't be uh, put off by the Monday. Uh, Monday figures for months and months have always been lower than the rest of the week. It always seemed to be a nice dip, and then about Wednesday or Thursday, it, it leaps up again. It has to do with these sort of delays and lags over the weekend. But certainly, we're now uh, on a daily rate, even though we don't look at the daily rate to really mean much, but just comparing it, we're about where we were in April. We're about where, you know, the, the, the top of the first wave we're at now. And remember, all of our information is all we're using to guide us is two to five weeks old, and that's showing that we were, uh, where we were about April. So we're still moving upwards in the wrong direction. We're still climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean the, the information two to five weeks old in terms of who is infected? Well, in terms of uh, uh, any information we get, whether it's the number of people who seem to be a case, or did, uh, did, um, I counted today, the infection took place one to two weeks ago. And anybody who is now hospitalized today, that infection took place uh, two to maybe even three weeks ago. Anybody died today, there's actually the infection for that took place up to five weeks ago. So we're always looking behind us as to, as to with the validity of this information to steer us going ahead. So what we really should be doing is sort of trying to figure out where the virus is going to be next week rather than looking at what it was two to five weeks ago. Ah, skate where the puck is going to be. Exactly. And uh, can you uh, tease anything out about where the virus is going to be a week from now? Oh, it's going to be worse before it gets better, whatever we do. Even if we clamp right down now, it'll still go up a little and then go down. That's if we really clamp down. Looking at the positivity rate, you know, the number of uh, case, number of tests that come back positive, we're now hovering between 3% and 4%, which is very sad because we were down to 0.6%, 0.5%, 0.7% back in, the, in the early August, late July. And we were hoping to keep it less than 1%. Uh, our cousins to the south, some of those areas were over 20%. But we're moving in that direction. This is an indication of how rapidly this thing is moving around the community. And if we want to keep our kids in school, 
for goodness sake, let's try and keep the kids in school. If we want to do that, we have got to be sure that it's not moving around the community because the schools are going to be the the, the transmi- transmission site. You know, it's going to be the mixing vessel, if you like. And at the moment, we, we shouldn't be seeing anything like 3 to 4% moving up toward 5 and 6%. Is part of the reason that the positivity rate is moving higher is that, you know, it, it, the criteria for getting a test are pretty strict? Yes, exactly. You hit it right on the head. All of the information that we have to make any kind of decision or, or prediction or forecast is based on the validity, the, the, the reliability of data. And when the, when the government now says, well, now, we, we will only show up for your tests if you've actually got one of the signs and symptoms on this list or if you've actually been in contact with somebody directly and the rest can go home. Well, of course, exactly as you say, we see an increase, but how much of that increase is due to it actually uh, increasing in the community? We know it is, but how much we don't know. And how much is due to the fact that we're only now testing people who are high prob- highly probable of being positive in the first place? And this is going in the wrong direction. We, we are still at number, I checked today, we're still at number 35 or 36 in the world uh, in terms of the number of tests per million population. Believe it or not, the USA is doing a better job than we are. The UK is much better than we are. Spain, Austria, Australia, much better than we are. We should be in the top 10, for goodness sake. And the reluctance to use rapid tests is beyond me. I do not understand that at all. The argument you'll hear I, is... I that don't... Well, I, I, well, I've heard the argument they're not that accurate, but I'm not sure. I, I mean, I think that they've just kind of landed. I don't, I'm not sure they've actually even been distributed yet. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're on the way. You know, it's what we hear about refrigerators and toilet paper sort of thing. Now, you know, I know there may be delays in supply, but this is forethought. This is what we were talking about before, sort of figuring out where the virus is going to be, where our need is going to be next week, next month, not, not looking behind us. Uh, the idea of testing is, is uh, for even with a rapid test, even if something is, say, 90% accurate, well, repeat the test, and that should be a requirement for employment for anybody with a public interface, whether it's airline uh, attendants, or taxi drivers, long-term care homes, hospital staff, uh, personal service workers, anybody interfacing with the public regularly, they get one of these rapid tests every seven days at least. And if they're all negatives, then they carry on working. It's the cost of doing doing business, and it's it's, it's only five to ten dollars each test. This isn't expensive. There's no reason not to use those, not to have used those months ago, actually. Yeah, I, again, uh, there was one shipment. It's apparently gone to um, First Nations reserves and and remote places. Uh, I don't think you know. I I've talked to pharmacists who have been in negotiations. I don't think they've received any. So, oh, uh, and and in the UK, for example, back uh, two months ago, they were using one of these rapid tests called the lamp test uh, in the entire city of Southampton. The entire city was being tested just because they wanted to keep the finger on the pulse. They to know where the virus was and exactly how many people have got it. Remember, half the people who have the virus are not symptomatic. They have no signs or symptoms, may not even know they've got it at the time of testing. That's, that's not a way to run a pandemic, really. <laughs> to run a pandemic. Uh, Dr. Sly, we're running out of time. In 20 seconds, where are we at in terms of uh, hospital capacity? 
Well, hospital capacity is not as bad as it was in the early part of the year, mainly because the age difference has uh, become lower by about 15 to 18 years. We're not seeing quite as many older people, but the indications are that that sector is also increasing slightly again. We don't want to see that. Uh, yes, it, uh, distancing, masking, and hand hygiene, in that order, we've got to maintain that rigorously. Otherwise, this thing will just keep on going on up and up. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Timothy Sly. I'm sure we'll be talking about this again soon. Appreciate your time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. And that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.